Welcome back to Europe Now. I'm in Monastiraki Square, one of the most vibrant parts of central Athens. Uh, people here are shopping, they're sipping their iced coffees, they're having a good time. The Greek government says that the country has opened a new chapter after Greece exited an enhanced EU surveillance mechanism which had been in place for 12 years following the debt crisis. But of course there are still big economic challenges ahead and we're going to delve into some of those in this part of the show, looking of course also at how the EU and its funding can make a difference. I'm Nio Viringo, I'm the head of uh, the representation of the European Commission in Greece. I think we have a very important role to make people understand what are the benefits of this fund and the benefits to their everyday life. So there our role is very important to communicate the right messages to our compatriots, to understand that a lot of things that they think that uh, they have been uh, um, made uh, by like magic, for instance, it is because they were uh, the solidarity of the European uh, Union through the, the funding. And we see it also with the Recovery and Resilience Fund, uh, which injected, uh, which will inject uh, 32 uh, billion euros uh, the, the, the years to come. Do you think there's much awareness among Greeks that there have been these benefits or do they think that actually this is somehow not involving the European Union, that it's other money or just Greek government funding? There we have a very uh, a challenging, we have a challenge uh, uh, um, because of the, um, the crisis, the economic crisis that uh, Greece has passed through uh, in the early 2010, uh, the perception of uh, Greeks sometimes is not the, the highest on what the union uh, can offer. So here we have really the, the role to, uh, to reverse uh, this perception and make people believe and understand that, uh, for instance, uh, this emblematic museum, that just, just, just an example, uh, was made a reality uh, thanks to, to the solidarity of uh, the European Union. Thank you so much, Nio Viringu, head of the EU representation here in Athens. Greece and the EU have agreed on a package of investment worth 21 billion euros. All of that money should be coming in over the next five years to fund cohesion programs to help leveling up in Greece. I'm going to be talking to a key decision maker in that cohesion policy going forward. Yanis Tsakiris is the Deputy Minister for Development and Investments. I'm going to talk to him not just about cohesion, but also Greece's economic recovery more generally. Thank you so much uh, for being my guest today. Do you think that the structural funds uh, are actually going to be sufficient given this new crisis that was not foreseen uh, since the war began in Ukraine? Well, the new structural funds definitely will help in the long run the Greek economy to be more resilient. The first priority is to get uh, Greece more energy security, meaning uh, increased energy efficiency of the businesses, 
increase the renewable energy production. So all structural funds together with the recovery and resilience fund will uh, help a lot towards this uh, energy security of the country. I want to ask you about oversight of how uh, the uh, structural funds are spent. Uh, you know that some opposition members of parliament are saying that there should be more independent verification. Do you think that's a good idea? In every country, when you're approving st structural primes program, the European Commission also approved the, the auditing and control system. And uh, in Greece, for example, the auditing and control system is twofold, is national, so the national audit authorities, but it's also the European Court of Auditors. And from what I have seen at pan-European level, the misuse of structural funds is very, very small. Let's talk a little bit about the, the levelling up of Greek regions. So how will levelling up work with this new package until 2027? The regions, uh, first of all, we, when it comes to the structural funds processes, we made a great effort to simplify them. It was quite bureaucratic. So immediately we saw an increase in an absorption, which means money going into the economy, money spent to the economy from the regions. Uh, and uh, they are already in a very satisfactory level of absorption of structural funds. Having this in mind, uh, we have decided for the new package, the new programming period, to allocate uh, a by far more bigger amount to the regions, which is one third of the 26 billion euros, uh, for them to deploy locally. Thank you so much, uh, Deputy Minister Tsakiris. And uh, of course, we were talking there about the, the challenges of uh, funding in such a geographically diverse country as Greece, mountains, uh, coastal areas and our own reporter Luke Brown has gone to see some communities that rely on the sea for much of their income for everything from fisheries to tourism. Uh, he's been looking at projects that are receiving innovative funding from the EU with the aim being to bring sustainable development to coastal communities. Anchors away, leaving Porto Scrofa and heading to the island of Oxio. The Blue Sea here isn't just a tourist attraction, it's teeming with life, vital to the local economy. The population inside one of these cages uh, is about uh, 80 to 1,000 to 100 fish. The cages are stocked with sea bream and sea bass raised to commercial size over 17 months. A quarter of the world's supplies of these come from Greece. The Sousa company has received two and a half million euros in support from the EU to upgrade its fleet and facilities. These are new vessels. Uh, we use it to transfer the fish, make us more efficient in terms of time. Less time is less cost for us as for everyone, and better quality also for the fish. In all, Susa produces 2,000 tonnes of fish each year. Feeding the fish is far and away the biggest cost for aquaculture companies, representing 80% of the overall expenditure. From stronger protective nets to more powerful machines, every level of production at sea is supported by EU funds. Previously, before the EU, the EU fundings, for this procedure needed approximately th three days uh, to finish and much more personnel, of course. Right, right now, with this machine, we can do it in just one day with only two persons. The aquaculture sector generates 12,000 jobs in Greece, its second biggest food export after olive oil. 
The Suisa company has opened a beachfront restaurant to cater to passing yachts and tourists. But the core of its business remains fish farming. The EU funds have allowed it to add a dozen employees to its workforce, 15% of the total. When a business is both sustainable and profitable, it can grow, and that has an impact on the local economy, because the profits don't end up in foreign banks. Our employees don't send their money abroad. The European aid allows us to grow faster and stronger. Aquaculture's green credentials, though, leave room for improvement. The feed is both financially costly and environmentally harmful, constituted of fish meal or imported soya. Back in Athens at the Hellenic Marine Research Centre, Dr Nengus is part of a team working in conjunction with Greek fish farms to find an alternative. They're testing everything from using waste vegetables to nutrient-rich insects. It all ends up in the fish feed. So we test a lot of diets, choose the best, and then the industry can exploit these results directly and uh, make new formulas and improve the production of fish and bring down the cost and also um, have a lot of improvements on the environment because we're working on sustainable ingredients. Dr Nengus's EU-funded project is trialling forage legumes, crops like chickpeas and fava beans that local farmers can produce at low cost. They're then fermented and treated with enzymes. Its success will be vital for feeding the fish and the planet. In a global scale, FAO have a forecast of a need of another 30 or 40 million tonnes of seafood until 2030. This seafood will not come from fishing because our stocks are going down. So aquaculture is what will provide this food to the, to the humans. The EU's Green Deal wants aquaculture to provide a low-carbon food source and vows to reduce red tape for new fish farms. But only 10% of Europe's consumption of seafood currently comes from fish farmed in the EU. George Katrugalos. I am member of the Greek Parliament and also the president of, uh, of the unified European left at the Parliamentary Assembly of the Council of Europe. I'm in Syntagma Square, which is an emblematic square here in Athens, absolutely central to Greek political life. You can see the parliament behind me, and I'm joined now by Georgios Katrugalos. So let's start with the general economic picture in Greece. The, the Greek government recently said that Greece was a new Greece now because of this GDP growth of 8% in 2021. Do you believe in this talk of a new Greece, a new chapter? Well, uh, we are trying to recover. There is some economic growth. But uh, uh, it does not go to all part of uh, uh, the population. And if we look at the statistics, truth is that now, uh, regarding purchasing power, Greece is the second poorest country in Europe. Only Bulgaria is uh, uh, poorer than us. So I think that uh, this uh, rhetoric of the government is very much misplaced. So Greece has not become a social Greece, I suppose, as you called for a few years ago. Uh, the years of the crisis have been uh, a real, let's say, hard test for the majority of the Greek population. We lost about one-third of our national wealth, of our GDP. This without precedent for a Western country in times of peace. 
So we have a, a lot of uh, work to go back at uh, the level of income we had before the crisis. In terms of uh, EU structural funds and cohesion funds, what do you think needs to improve in the targeting of those funds? Who should be targeted in Greece for those things? We have a bad legacy concerning these funds relative, uh, related to the patronage and the clientelistic uh, policies we had in Greece. In Greece, especially before the crisis, two political parties uh, were uh, uh, in alternance uh, to uh, the power, and each of them had uh, their own clientele. So we have received a lot of money, many of them used for infrastructure, like uh, the, the metro of Athens, like the new airport, but a lot of other money have been uh, used without transparency and uh, irrationally. So our first condition is exactly the transparent use of the European money. That's why my party has asked for a special uh, committee in the parliament who would have, uh, which would have the oversight of uh, where this money uh, would go. If you look at EU funds generally, do you think they can really make a difference uh, given the rising inflation here in Greece? They would be a very useful tool, of course associated with uh, a pro-social uh, economic policy. Uh, till now, however, if we see it in a, let's say, uh, historic perspective, they did not help uh, to, uh, to contribute to convergence of economies. If we look at Greece and other weaker economies in a period of 30, 40 years, we see rather a, a divergence than a convergence uh, uh, scheme. So that looks that both at the national and at European level, we are not have yet uh, reached the optimum use of this fund. So thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much, Georgios Katrugelis. Now it's time for our segment on disinformation, where we fact check false claims. We're going to go back to a topic which started off this whole show, healthcare. Sophie Samai has been checking whether EU cohesion funds were used to combat the COVID pandemic. Did the EU's cohesion policy fail to act against COVID-19? No, that's false. In 2020, the cohesion policy played a crucial role. The 2014 to 2020 budget met all its objectives when a major unforeseen occurrence struck the COVID-19 pandemic. There was no cohesion fund dedicated to deal with such a calamity. But the pandemic was widening gaps between the European Union's different regions. The EU had to act quickly. It relaxed the 2014 to 2020 cohesion policy regulations so that in the short term, unused cohesion funds could go towards financing medical assistance and economic support to fight the pandemic. At the same time, the cohesion policy set up an additional new fund to help European regions cope with the consequences of COVID-19. It's called REACT EU. Its budget, just over 50 billion euros, distributed to member states in 2021 and 2022 and available through traditional structural funds. For example, in January 2022, six Polish regions and several Spanish regions hardest hit by the pandemic received 136 and 382 million euros from REACT-EU to jumpstart their post-COVID economy. More precisely, in the Varminsko-Mazorskia region, 20 million euros were earmarked to support small and medium businesses as well as the health sector. The initiative was deemed a success by the European Commissioner for Cohesion and Reforms. 
Once again, React EU is providing tangible support to citizens on the ground. These resources will help these Polish regions recover from the pandemic and will pave the way for a fair recovery that is green and digital. Cohesion policy responded quickly and showed its importance in the fight against the pandemic and its economic consequences. Thanks for watching this first Europe Now program about leveling up across the European Union. We'll be back soon from another EU member state with a new program. And meanwhile, if you'd like to see this program again, just go to our website, france24.com, and then click or tap on TV shows. That's all from me in Athens. Thanks for watching and goodbye.